I've been so excited to record this episode because I don't believe that I am the only one who compares myself to others. I think it is human nature and comparison can, in some ways, be a driver to make things better, but it can also cause damage to our health and it can stop us from stepping out authentically and being who we can and who we want to be. It can impact our relationships, it can impact our well-being, and it can also have a huge impact on our performance. So today's episode provides a little bit of insight into comparison, and it offers us some tips on how to stop comparing ourselves. Are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum? Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family, but there are so many things that need to be done and there are so many expectations on you? Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a well-being coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your mum bun and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. This episode today is so relevant to me. Uh, at the beginning of this podcast experience, at the beginning of the Managing Mum podcast, I have uh, found it quite hard to to get moving on it. Not to get moving on it. I, I found it very easy to get moving on it. I'm definitely a person of action. But actually, to put this out into the world has been an interesting process based on comparison. I have recorded and then gone and listened to other people's podcasts and come back and re-recorded and changed my jingle and and all of these things that have happened as a result of comparison. What else happens to us? What else do we miss out on because we are comparing ourselves, because we are looking over the garden fence? And so through this process, I thought this is a topic for all of us, because as I said in my intro, I don't believe that I'm the only one that is doing this. So I'm really excited to to talk about comparison today and to remind myself, as well as you, what we can do when we're in a state of comparison or in a, in a kind of experience of comparison to move out of it so that we can perform better, feel better, enjoy our lives more, be the people that we want to be, not the people that we think we should be, etc., etc. When I first really thought about comparison was when I worked in a church in London and there was a devotional every Tuesday morning 
And the only one I remember, I worked there for about a year, so that's a lot of Tuesdays, but the only one I remember is when somebody talked to us about comparison. And what really stuck with me and struck me in that devotional was when they said that mostly we find ourselves comparing up and not down. And from there, I started to become a little bit more aware of when I was comparing myself to others and who I was comparing myself to and if they were above me or superior or seemed to be better. And then also looking at who might be below me or less fortunate than me or not where I was in the sense of what I had, um, what I was doing, etc. And what I realized was that I was actually doing both. Both types of comparison, comparing up, comparing down. I was actually doing both and both were leaving me feeling awful. Comparing up, I felt I was not enough. And there was a kind of exhaustion in needing to get to, striving to get to some ideal. And then comparing down, I was feeling guilty for what I had, for the privilege I had, for, yeah, I mean, just this this unbelievable guilt when comparing down, in quotation marks. So both were leading me to misery and exhaustion, really. One of the things I have most learned about comparison and actually about most things in life is that it's all about perspective. And this was reiterated by a fabulous article I read by Brene Brown. Brene Brown is one of my uh, role models, one of my kind of go-tos when I am trying to look into more about the human condition when I'm trying to work on something with a client I often go to Brene Brown because she has done this incredible research into shame and vulnerability and her yeah her research is just amazing if you haven't come across her before I really really encourage you to go and find out more about her work she's got TED talks she's on YouTube she's written books so much fascinating research and information about humans and emotions and what we can do to really just enjoy our lives more. (laughs) So she is one of the people that I really turn to when it comes to my life and to the lives of my clients. Her research on shame and vulnerability has taught me so much about how we can show up differently in our lives If we get to know our inner landscape, get to know, I love that thought of my inner landscape. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, I'm a very action-orientated person. And before I started in the world of coaching, I didn't really know my inner landscape at all. I didn't know my thoughts and my feelings. It was all out there, behavioral, doing stuff, being busy, crashing cars, racing from one thing to the next. But... Getting to know our inner landscape gives us the space and the opportunity to make changes to it so that we can show up in the way that we want to, so that we can 
just live lives that we want to. So I will link some of um, Brene Brown's talks and books in the show notes below. So please do go and ha go and look her up. But what I have learned is that we are all going to compare ourselves to different people and to different elements of those people because of the stories that we have in our heads about who we should be or who we should not be or who we are or who we aren't. So our comparisons are going to be different. I will compare myself to Mary and to these aspects of Mary. And you might look at Mary and say, well, you know, she's just Mary, but you are comparing yourself to Sue and the things about her that you have a story in your head about. So I used to compare myself to professional mums or professional women, women who looked like they have it all together, who dress neatly, who have hair that appears to fall in all the right places. Mine certainly does not. The story I had in my head was that success was about being professional, which meant all of these things, you know, looking neat, looking tidy, having perfect hair, having a certain body shape, um, you know, wearing the right clothes, having enough money to spend on the right clothes. Ha you know, there was a kind of thing around neatness, which was interesting. But professionalism for me was around gracing the halls, as I've said, I think before, of a financial institution in a suit with high heels and pearls and things. <laughs> which was just actually not me in the slightest, and yet that was something that I was striving for. I also used to then compare myself to other coaches who were working in the corporate sector and who seemed to be getting these big jobs. I compared myself to mums in the parking lot who had fl high-flying jobs or perhaps were entrepreneurs, but their businesses were flying. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of comparison going on. And it made me feel hugely unworthy it made me feel not as good it made me un unhappy it made me feel very heavy emotionally it made me snappy with my children grumpy with my husband etc etc and actually this certainly did not help me get any closer to where I wanted to be in fact it, it just kept me from making any progress It kept me in this whirlwind of thoughts and feelings that kept me stuck and stagnant and and unprofessional in my eyes. My business wasn't moving forward. My, you know, my, oh, just these, yeah, I was stuck. So then I also, I found myself looking at women who had their own businesses and were mums and doing a little bit of research and realizing actually that Either their husbands didn't work or they earned enough money to pay for extra help or the, um, the home tasks were split up a little bit more evenly between themselves and their husbands. And, you know, I so actually, and also everybody's circumstances are completely different. And suddenly I started to think a little bit along the lines of actually maybe I could get out of this. I could actually move out of this state. Why was I in this state? Because the story in my head that told me that this is what is worthwhile. This was success. Yeah, in this state, I wasn't actually 
achieving the success that I wanted. I wasn't making any progress. I was flustered. I was chasing every sparkly object that told me it would get me to where I thought I wanted to be. I was sitting in the shame of who I wasn't and actually wasn't living in the freedom and the joy and the excitement and the fun and the, yeah, just the <laughs> the greatness of who I actually was. I read Brown's article and it really just stuck out to me this thing about comparison. She talks about swimming as an example. Swimming is her thing and she talks about how she uses it for meditation and alone time but she notices that when she starts comparing herself to the swimmer in the lane next to her she actually loses this precious time to herself to comparison. Instead of being in this beautiful meditative space and this time to herself that should be making her feel good, she's focusing on the person in the next lane rather than on her own swim, on her own progress through the water. She notes that comparison itself is not an emotion, but as from my story we can see, it drives all sorts of other feelings that impact how we feel about ourselves and as a result of that, how we then step out into the world, how we relate to others, how we relate to our work, how we, yeah, I mean, how we put our clothes on and step out and behave and act and engage in the world. I notice that when I feel bad about myself, I lash out at those around me or I withdraw. I really struggle to show up as me, as the person that I know that I am. The article also talks about comparison as the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. So it's a confusing thing because we're trying to at the same time fit in while standing out. So we want to be like everyone else, but we want to be better. And there's this tension in that. There's this discomfort in in fitting in while standing out and it's not healthy for us it's not healthy for our relationships and it certainly affects our performance so comparison is something that we do without thinking about it it's happening it's something that we will probably continue to do but the trick is to do something about the impact that it has on our lives to to take back the ownership of our lives from comparison and really you know, be us, be more, the more that we want to be that we can be rather than what we think we should be in relation to everybody else. In a way, there is this um, lack of self-worth when we're comparing up. And when we compare down, it might make us feel a little bit better than up, but actually it can also make us, as I've said, feel bad. So researcher Frank Fujita writes, social comparisons can make us happy or unhappy. Upward comparisons can inspire or demoralize us, whereas downward comparisons can make us feel superior or depress us. In general, however, frequent social comparisons are not associated with life satisfaction or the positive emotions of love and joy, but are associated with the negative emotions of fear, anger, shame, and sadness. 
So while we may not necessarily be able to stop the comparisons that we make, we can limit the negative impact that they have on our lives. We can limit the impact of fear and anger, shame, sadness, the reactivity that they cause and the impact that that has on our relationships, on how we do our work, on how we parent. Here I wanted to give us four steps, four uh, kind of strategies that we can use to help us manage these comparisons. Again, as always, my first step is awareness. The first step is to notice that you're doing it and then notice the impact that it's having on you, on how you think, on how you feel, on how you show up, on your relationships, on your performance. Take stock of your thoughts and on the feelings that are coming up for you. Even if we can't choose whether or not to make a comparison, we can choose whether or not to let that comparison affect our mood or self-perception. But we first have to get to know the story in our head that allows us to make that comparison in the first place. So get to know what's happening. Get to know what you're thinking, what that makes you feel, what that makes you do. The second step is then to focus on your own journey. Remind yourself that I mean, as easy, this is easier said than done, but remind yourself that everyone has their own unique path, their own way, their own timeline. And so shift that focus back to your own progress, your own personal growth. Like with Brown in the pool, shift your attention back to your lane. Where is your lane? What's happening in your lane? Where is the finish line of your lane. What is it that you want? And if you don't know what that is, episode 11 will be looking at this. So check in again in a few weeks time. And that might be a useful episode for you to actually figure out what is it that I want. And then you can look at what do you need to do or who do you need to be to get to where you want to be? What story do you need to have in your head to allow you to focus on your lane, to swim the best swim that you can swim, to be confident and to enjoy the quiet, the meditation of being in the water, in that lane. In her article, Brown talks about a conversation that she has um, with the author of a book called Stretch, Scott Sonnenschein is his name. I think that's how you say it. And in the book and in a podcast conversation she has with him, Scott talks about that that comparison cliche that the grass is always greener on the other side. And the idea that people spend a lot of time and money trying to get their grass on their side of the fence pristine because they want to outdo their neighbours. Brown says she laughed so hard when when he told her that due to the physics of how grass actually grows, when we peer over our fence, or when we look over the fence at our neighbor's grass, it actually does look greener. Scientifically, it looks greener, even if it is exactly the same as our grass. This just comes back to that point of it's all about perspective. When you're looking over the fence, 
scientifically grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. But if you were to go back, perhaps go to their yard and look back over the fence into your yard, you would see that the grass looks so green and lush and glorious in your yard. And from their point of view, they're probably also looking into your yard and seeing this incredibly green, lush grass. When we are focusing on our own journey, when we're able to keep our eyes in our lane, the third step is to practice self-compassion, to really just be kind and gentle with yourself. Understand that comparing yourself is completely natural. We all do it, but that it can have an impact. It can be detrimental to your self-esteem. It can impact your happiness, your relationships, your health, your performance. So by treating yourself with compassion, compassion which is also a renewing emotional state, Compassion makes us feel good. It causes the release of oxytocin. It makes us feel so much better. So having compassion for ourselves and then reminding ourselves of our own worth, reminding ourselves of our our own strength, celebrating our achievements, no matter how small they may seem. Celebration, love, compassion, releasing hormones that make us feel good. It is quite hard, I know, for humans to love ourselves. So I would invite you to start with compassion. Instead of saying, oh, we got to love ourselves and be so happy with who we are, start with that that compassion. It might be an easier emotion to, to bring in for yourself. I try to talk to myself as I talk to my children. And, you know, really just be with that little child in me. You know, I really can see that this is making you feel unhappy and uncomfortable. I understand that you think that you should be a professional, that you think that you should look a certain way. I know where that story has come from. Look at what you have done. Look at what you have achieved. Really just to encourage that little person inside me to to be aware of what is good, what is strong, what is um, great about me. Step four loops back again to step one. I find this happening a lot where we loop back to that awareness. But once we have become aware of the stories that we have in our heads and have a little bit of compassion for ourselves and for our responses to these stories and can understand a bit why we're doing what we're doing, We have to remember that based on how old we are, I mean, I'm 41 at this stage, so the synapses in my brain or the pathways in my brain have been, I've been treading those paths for a very, very, very long time. And so there's a habit, there's an ease. I often like to think of it as kind of like a maze field. I've been stamping this path through the maze and it's easy to walk that way it is clear and you know there's a kind of comfortable discomfort it's it's not nice in terms of the 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 final result and yet it's the path of least resistance if you will and now I've got to try and trample a new path in the maze yet I really want 
to change and to not feel this way, not think this way and not then behave in the way that my feeling and thinking makes me. I first of all need to think what is the story that we need to believe in order to feel good about ourselves, in order to express love to those around us, in order to perform our roles better, in order to be the unique person that we are that perhaps doesn't fit in but does stand out. Uh, I realize that I am not an employee of a financial institution who dresses a certain way, who, um, you know, is what I thought was what success was. But I am me. I am recording this podcast. I'm sharing what I know. I'm able to speak to groups of people. I coach people. I love it. I don't have to look a certain way in order to be able to do that. It's my strength and it's different to everybody else. So when we see ourselves going down that old path that we so know so well, that comfortably uncomfortable path, we can actually, whoa, back up and choose, okay, this is the story that I need to believe. This is the story that I want to believe, the story that leads me to joy and gratitude and actually being content with who I am, being content with my circumstances, get, being pleased with the lushness and the color of the grass on my side of the fence. Even if it doesn't perhaps take us to that point, it, it still gives us the capacity and the space to be able to move closer to that point or to be able to move closer to what would be better for us, not for anybody else. So as Brown says, the bad news is that we are hardwired for comparison. But the good news is that we can choose how we're going to let it affect us. She chooses, for instance, in her swimming example, she chooses to look at the swimmer in the lane next to her and say in her head, have a great swim. When I find myself in a comparison mindset, I don't like the choice of staying there. I don't like the discomfort of being there. And so the story I've chosen to run with when it comes to comparison is coming back to my own story. Who am I? What have I achieved? What am I doing that is unique to me? What makes me stand out without fitting in? Is it being professional? Is it the clothes I wear? Is it having straight hair and having my nails done once a month? Or is the person that I want to be a successful me being kind? Is it being the best mum I can be? Is it hosting people in my home as warmly and as generously as I can? Um, you know, what are the things that would make me feel good? And then these are the things that I can work towards rather than those things that Mary has that I think I should be. So yes, to wrap it all up, we all compare and we all have a choice. We can stick with it, peering over the fence to our neighbor's yard and looking at the grass that is always going to appear greener based on <laughs> physics. 
or we can bring ourselves back into our yard or our lane look at what we want to feel look at what we need to do to get to where what we want to feel or just actually be present in the water be present here in this lane swimming our swim doing our thing and really finding joy in that and then practice self-compassion remember that we all have stories we all compare and we can be compassionate towards that part of us that doesn't feel like it quite meets the standards rather than berating it or feeling disappointment or resentment or guilt and then yes creating a new pathway creating a new comfortable joyful walk through the wheat fields of our brains if you will so i hope that that has been useful for you today when you think about comparison and the next time you find yourself comparing the next time you find yourself looking over at the other lane or peering over the fence into your neighbor's yard that you might bring yourself back to you to the uniqueness of you to the person that you are to your story your journey and how you want to feel so that you can be more and more and more of the person that you want to be that you were made to be and that will make you the best mum the best manager the best employee the best wife and just the best you if this has been useful for you i would love it if you would share it with somebody else another mum who might need something like this to support her to encourage her if you are struggling to come to terms with what's going on in the whirlwind of your head or in the chaos of your emotions and your feelings please feel free to reach out my email address is charlotte at charlottehaggy.com it's also in the show notes below in the meantime i look forward to seeing you in the next episode it is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what i have experienced and everything that i have learned and it can get quite lonely on this side of the mic. So if you have enjoyed this podcast or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best thing for me. And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, <laughs> Please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums.